Hey guys, my name's Brianna and I'm here with Pastor Nicole and we are gonna talk to you about Operation Christmas Child this year. So Brianna, tell the people why Operation Christmas Child is so important to you. So this to me is just a tangible way that we can like reach kids around the world with the gospel. Everybody can. Mm -hmm. But we're gonna do a little different this year. You've had this amazing idea and we found out that there's packing parties going on all around us. And we've been doing this individual and that's amazing, but we think we can make a bigger impact and buy supplies at a cheaper cost by going through Amazon. If you see a QR code laying around, that's gonna be just for Operation Christmas Child. And Brianne has made this list so that we'll know what pencils, balls, stuffed animals, whatever needs to go in this box, we can order it and get it at a cheaper price and it directly ships to the church so that we'll be ready for our packing party. And we have a really big goal this year. Mm -hmm. We're gonna do 500 this year. 500 boxes, that's amazing. And we can all be a part of it. So what we're asking you to do is be sure and purchase something from Amazon, go on the wish list. And number two, show up on the date. So it's gonna be October 29th after church in the lobby. Show up on that date and immediately when we leave and dismiss church, we're gonna have all of the packing stuff out so that everyone can participate. We want you and your children, go ahead, prepare a note that you wanna put in a box, take a picture, share it with your family, whatever you wanna do, we want you to be a vital part of this day for us. So bring your families out, buy something and show up on the packing party. Help make Operation Christmas Child a success this year. Good morning, Only Believe Family of Faith. It is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful to see all of you here. We just really enjoy having you all here, seeing all your smiling faces. Those of you out there in uh, cyberland on the internet and social media, it's wonderful to have you here as well. If you can come in person, we'd love to shake your hand and pray for you. Thank you for uh, coming to the house of the Lord today. House of the Lord, this is the house of miracles, and it's wonderful to be here. I got a few announcements for you, and then I want to read you a scripture. So um, there's a prayer team who's walking around with prayer cards, and if you need prayer, grab a card, uh, write your prayer down on it. I guarantee, I personally guarantee your prayers will be, uh, we will pray for the prayers, uh, or prayer requests on those cards. Um, so get those into us, and looking forward to that. Um, we because we pray first and only believe because prayer has power. So we pray first. So it's important that you write your prayers down, and we will pray with you. Uh, if you're a first-time guest, there are connect cards in the back of the pew in front of you, and you can take one and fill it out with a pencil or a, a pen, or you can scan the QR code in the back of the you and do it the new, you know, high-tech way. Um, we are having a family movie night. Family movie night. It's going to be awesome. On September 3rd on the East Lawn. I think that's the East Lawn. David's shaking his head, so, you know. But uh, join us for family movie night. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be really cool. Bring, bring the entire family. Invite someone uh, to come with you. 
And uh, my final announcement is small group sign-ups. And if you don't know what small groups are, it's, they're awesome. Um, you get to, on Wednesday nights, uh, you get to worship, and then you get released to a small group where you get to get to know your fellow saints. You get to share with them. You get to lift them up. They lift you up. And you get to, just as a group, you get to learn and grow in the Lord. So sign up. Sign-ups out at the Welcome Center, uh, and groups are filling up really fast. So if you want to join a group, don't hesitate. And there's some really cool groups um, this quarter, so get out there. So uh, I was um, thinking about this opener and talking to you all, and uh, I want to read a scripture, John 15, 9. And these are, if you have a Bible where Jesus is words are in red. These are in red. So they're, they're vitally important to us as Christians. So uh, John 15, 9 says, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Abide in my love. And it says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be full and that my joy may remain in you that your joy may be full. Isn't that awesome? All right, so, so I got something I want you to do. I want you to repeat after me. Hold it. I have to get it. I'm sorry. I, I just blew it. And I want you to repeat these three things after me. Stand your feet. We're going to worship. That's my favorite thing in the world to do. And when we praise him and worship him, his spirit is here. So I want you to say after me and say it really loud so I can hear you. I have the joy of Jesus in me today. Yes, that's good. Uh, my joy is not dependent on my circumstances, but on the Lord. All right, I couldn't hear the right side. Come on, guys. And finally, the joy of the Lord is my strength. All right, let's worship. Be quiet. 
hung upon that cross and he rose up from that grave my god still rolling stones away there's joy in the house of the lord there's joy in the house of the lord today Cause we were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. Cause we were the beggars, now we're royalty. today and we won't be quiet oh we shout out your praise there's joy in the house of the lord our god is surely in this place we won't be quiet oh we shout out your praise there's joy in the house of the lord there's joy in the house of the lord today and we won't be quiet oh we shout out your praise there's joy in the house of the lord our god is surely in this place we won't be quiet oh we shout out your praise because we were the beggars now we're royalty we were the prisoners now we're running free we are forgiven, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. Cause we were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. Let the house oh, sing his praise. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Good morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord where the cross has been made for provision for you and I. Today's communion. And I read to you out of 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, the 24th and 25th verse. And it says, and when he had given thanks, meaning Jesus, he broke it and he said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do, and as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. The word remember means bring back. 
bring back, recall to your and I's mind of what happened. Remember what he did at the cross for you and I. Remember who he did it for. He did it for you. He did it for us. He did it for the world so that you and I might be free. See, the devil has no problem reminding you and I every day of what we've done. He has no problem. Remember that sin. Remember that failure. Remember the sickness in your body. Remember that you don't have enough maybe to pay your electric bill. Remember that your child is not serving the Lord. Remember that you are not worthy. But you and I have the power of remembrance too. And you and I can recall the cross. You and I can recall that he was bruised and wounded for our transgressions and for our iniquities. We can remember all of his benefits. The word tells us, forget not all of his benefits. His healing, his provision, his love, his mercy, his forgiveness for you and I. Today, when you and I take communion, we remember we remember, we use the power of remembrance that Jesus told the disciples before he left. Every time you do this, every time you come together and you meet and you remember with this drink and this bread, you remember that I was broken for you. Father, we just come before you in the name of Jesus and we pray over this communion. Father, we look at our hearts and we examine our life today. Father, we don't want to take this cup in an unworthily manner. Father, what we self-reflect right now, and Holy Spirit, we ask if there be anything in us, God, that needs to be taken care of, any sin that we've left, maybe that we've ignored, that we've put aside, we've pushed under, we've hidden, God, reveal it to us, God, that we could repent and turn from it today. Father, we examine our hearts and our minds today. Bless this juice and this bread as we take it today. Father, we remember the power of the death and the resurrection. Father, for it is in you that our hope exists. It is in you that we find freedom and salvation. Your rescuing power has rescued us from the enemy's hand. You've preserved our life, oh God. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Come and get your communion today as we continue to worship.
over this place this morning. Let's lift our hands in worship. Let's lift our hands and thank the Father. Let's thank Jesus for just being able to gather and worship Him. Let's declare Him worthy this morning. Let's declare Him holy this morning. We're not up here for a show. We're not up here for anything but to worship Jesus. There's an audience of one, and He's your audience too. We're here to worship the King of Kings. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our song. He's worthy of the highest praise that's due to him. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. In all my days, I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up, Till I lay my head, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so. 
Wait. 
That's so good. You know, I, I tell the teenagers this. I just want to encourage you with this as well. Uh, the word praise in the Bible, you know, if we were to understand that word in a modern context, it would be brag on him a little bit. That's what it means, just brag on him a little bit. When you're proud of your children for doing something amazing, you brag on them a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I just think it's so good to be in the body of Christ bragging on Jesus. It's just so good. There's something powerful about it. And uh, anyways, I wanted to, I'm up here to share tithe and offering, but before I do that, I just wanted to honor some people in our church. I was thinking about this as I was worshiping. You know, when you go somewhere and somebody opens a door for you, that's pretty cool. Because A, it speaks to hospitality, right? They're opening a door for you. Um, but most of the time you go somewhere, like if I come over to your house, I'm going to knock, right? And you're still going to be hospitable, but I'm probably going to have to knock first. But I, I thought of my kids when, when their grandparents come over. Buddy, they run and they open the door and they run out and they meet them there, right? Because there is family and there's love there. And I just want to shout out our door greeters. Like, thank you for opening the door for us. And welcome us in. Like, we're family, you know. The body of Christ is a family. We're brothers and sisters. And so if you're a door greeter, like, props to you. That's incredible. Thank you for making us all feel welcome when we get here. You guys are incredible. All right, tithe and offering. That was a bonus feature this morning. Tithe and offering. If you have your Bible, open it up to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to go to verse 19. I'm using the New International Version, so if my version looks a little different, that's why. By the way, I'm Pastor Tim. I'm the youth pastor here at the church. In case you don't know me, if you're new here today, thank you for joining us. We're so glad you're here. If you're new and you've got a teenager, we have a youth ministry, and we'd love for them to come hang out with us. In fact, they can just leave with me. When I get done with offering, I'm going to walk out those doors. They can follow me out. We'll have a great service back there. All right, Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 19. Let's read this together. It says, this is Jesus talking. He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Verse 22. The eye is the lamp of the body. And if you're like me, upon reading that, you go, what are we talking about? Because so we're talking about treasure, and all of a sudden Jesus is like, the eye is the lamp of the body. You're like, what? Where are we going? I promise you it's connected. Let's keep going. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And you're like, what are we talking about? Verse 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. All right, let's go back up to verse 22. I want to show you something. When Jesus says the eye is the lamp of the body, it's a metaphor. <laughs> he doesn't mean your eye is literally a lamp. That's weird. He's saying the eye is the lamp of the body. In other words, it's the light. What, is a, what does a lamp do? It produces light. Oftentimes in Scripture, light is referring to the life of God. What you see with your eyes matters. How you look at the world matters. He says if your eyes are healthy, and in that word, like we're out of this culture. In that culture, what they would have heard is if your eyes are generous. What is he saying? If you look at the world through a generous lens, because we have a generous God who freely gives, right? 
Like we didn't earn anything from God. He's the God who generously gives and there is an abundance in his kingdom. How many of you know when we get to the other side of this life and we're in heaven, we're never going to lack anything, right? He's a generous God. He's more than enough. And Jesus says, hey, how do you see the world? Do you see it generously that God has more than enough for you? Because if you do, then your whole body, your, in essence, your life will be full of his life. You guys, are you tracking with me? <laughs> he says, but if your eyes are unhealthy, meaning if your eyes are stingy, then your whole body will be full of darkness. What's darkness? It's, it's, it's Satan's domain. It's, it's death. It's destruction. It's ruin. It's greed. It's pride. Jesus wants you to know that the way you view your life matters because it will have a direct impact on how you interact with the world. Church, I want you to know you were created in the image of God to rule and reign with the Lord in his good creation when there is always enough in God's kingdom. Yet what the enemy wants to do is come in and make you feel like there's lack. And what does that do? It means I can't be generous like my Father in heaven is because if I give to you, I might miss out. Well, then what's that doing? That's leading me in the footsteps of the fallen. That's leading me in the path of Satan, right? And Jesus wants better for you. Jesus is leading you into abundant life. And part of abundant life is taking a step back and going, I don't have to amass wealth from myself. I don't have to build bigger barns to keep more stuff because I might run out if I don't keep hoarding to myself. No, Jesus is like, let your eyes see the world the way that God made it, that it's a generous place where God is continually pouring blessing out into it, where every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of heavenly lights, where there is never lack in God's kingdom. And by the way, the Bible says that if you're in Jesus Christ, you've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light you're in his kingdom now which means God's got you so Jesus finishes to drive the point home and he says hey you can't serve two masters and the way you view the world is going to have a heavy impact on which master you serve because if I view the world and I see darkness and I see lack then I'm going to be tempted to be unlike Jesus and keep everything I've got to myself and that's a miserable way to live and Jesus says no there's something better for you that you don't have to be you don't have to be a slave to money because you live in a kingdom where God is more than enough to meet every need that you'll ever have you with me church Jesus is leading us to life and so one way one way we walk in that life is by honoring God with our tithes that's one way we do it. Why? Because A, it's a confession to a lost world that I know I'm not my ultimate source, that I trust in Jesus. I trust in the God who made this whole thing to begin with, and there is more than enough in him. So I'm going to honor him first with the tithe, tenth, a tenth of everything that I earn. And then it leads us to go, and after I've honored God with it, I'm going to honor God some more because when I see a brother or sister in need, I'm going to give to them too. Why? because there's always enough in his kingdom. I don't have to live in fear of missing out because I serve the God of more than enough. Are you guys with me? So I'm gonna challenge you this morning as we give our tithes and our offerings to let your body be full of the life of God and to look at the world the way that God wants you to, that there is enough for everyone because he's a generous and he's a good God. Look at your neighbor and say, he's a generous and good God. Not all of you did it, so we're gonna try it again. Look at your neighbor and say, he's a generous and good God.
And I, for one, am grateful that he is so. Let's pray, and then you guys can bring your tithe and offering down to the front. Father, we thank you so much that you are a good, generous God. We thank you that everything Jesus is doing is leading us into abundant life. You want us to have the fullness of life. And part of that is honoring you with our money and trusting that the world you created is a good world for us to be in once we've come into your kingdom. So, Father, help us to be generous in everything that we do. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We love you, church. Be blessed. Bring your tithe and offering to the Lord. Jesus. Good morning, everybody. It's good to be back here this morning. Uh, I got a call this morning at uh, about eight, uh, say eight, eight o'clock, eight o'clock. And uh, it was Pastor Phyllis, and she said, Well, Randy, we're so sorry, but Pastor can't come again this week. And I said, Well, I said, That's okay. I said, At least it was later call today. The last week it was 6 30. <laughs> today was eight. I said, Next week he's going to be here. You know, hallelujah. And I told him Friday, I said, you know, pastor, I said, uh, if you're a little weak and stuff from everything you're going through, I said, we'll put a chair up here on the stage for you. I said, R.W. Shambach preached the house down in a chair when he was here. So we'll put a chair up here for you. And, and I said, if you only want to teach like 15 minutes, I said, you know what, we'll just, you know, bam, we'll hit it off. I'll use this, I'll do something, we'll be okay. He said, okay. So when uh, Pastor Phyllis called me this morning and said, he just, he's just weak and then with that they put that stent in his side because his kidneys was holding some fluid to let it drain. He's just in some pain and he just, he just can't do it. I said, that's okay. Next week is good. And then he yelled from the back. He said, I wasn't going to call you in case I needed you anyway. And I was like, when he cast, I know, Pastor. I wouldn't expect any different from you. So, you know, so, but praise the Lord. Next week, I will not be here. I'll be in Cary, Ohio, preaching with um, Pastor Joe Turner. Saturday, we're going to do a kids' crusade in a park. And uh, we're going to invite kids out, and uh, we're going to hopefully get kids saved and, man, and fill with the Holy Ghost and lead them to the Lord. And then we're going to have a, another a kids event at night at the church, and then Sunday morning I'll be ministering to their congregation. So just, you know, keep me up in prayer with that. Just pray that, man, kids from all over that city, Cary, Ohio, will come to that park and see what we're doing and, and be interested, and then we'll be going to lead them to the Lord. Amen? Amen. Kids is where it's at. Kids is where it's at. They're not the tomorrow generation. They are the today generation. And uh, I think we've said it before. He's out to kill, steal, and destroy. If he can't get him through abortion, he's trying to get him through transgenderism. He's working any way he can to keep our kids bound, held up, and not knowing him. So we'll do anything we can to do what we can to lead them to the Lord and defeat Satan. Amen? 
Amen. Steve and Sharon, good to see you guys. So you forsook us and moved north, but you're back today. Thank you for visiting today. Amen. It's good to see you. Praise God. All right. Well, last week, if you weren't here, we, uh, we started a, a series called The Invisible Battle. The Invisible Battle. And uh, it's all obviously dealing with our thought life. Dealing with our thought life. And um, I said last week that our minds are like an airport control tower. An air, I mean, just everything's coming in. It's the central location for everything. Everything's coming in and going out, moving here, moving there. I mean, it doesn't rest. If you ever see an airport and if you've ever been up in a control tower, I never have, just on television, man, I mean, there's, there's tons and tons of people and everything is moving and moving and moving and moving. You can't take a break. And that's kind of what our minds are like. Our minds really just don't even take a break. Even when we're sleeping, really our minds sometimes never take a break. How many of you guys know that? Absolutely. I always say mind. I have a thing in my office that one of uh, my assistants gave me that's sitting on the back wall. It says, brain, please shut up. Because that's how my brain is. It doesn't stop. It wants to wander, you know. When I want to read the Bible, it wants to ponder and wander and do whatever it wants to do. But we also found out that a person can have up to 70,000 thoughts a day. I'm pretty sure that's more on the female side than the male side. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. You know, uh, maybe I'm that way. I could have 70,000 thoughts a day probably. But, you know, and, and I thought of this. And, again, I thought of this. This is so weird. So the next time you see someone just sitting around doing nothing, think twice before you go up them, to them and say, a penny for your thoughts. That could cost you $700 <laughs> if they decide to open up their mind and tell you what they're thinking about. Up to $700. Bucks. That's, that'd be a pretty expensive conversation. So think twice before you do that. All right. Hallelujah. So we also said that whatever you think about, you will eventually bring about. Whatever you think about, you will eventually bring about. And the way we live is the reflection of what we think about. And you got to really think to understand that statement. Everything you have, everything you do, everywhere you've been has all started with a simple thought. The person you're sitting by started with a thought, right? Now, maybe... I wasn't thinking about the kids, you know, at a certain time, but, you know, when I was with my wife, but, you know, they come along afterwards. Uh-oh, oops. But then you started thinking about them because they're coming, right? I think some of you may have got that. Some of you may not have got that. I always told my kid, you know, well, why did you have me? Brother, I wasn't thinking of you. <laughs> You know, uh, you can say amen if you want to on that, dads. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So the way we live is the reflection of what we think about. If you're always having lustful thoughts and you don't do anything about those thoughts, they will continue to get worse and then you're going to live a life of sin. Because you don't do anything about that thought. Amen? If we let fear control your thoughts, then you're going to live in a state of fear. I said last week 
that if a thought enters your mind, and let's just say it, it's fear, if that thought of fear enters your mind, then you're going to do something about that. You're going to produce a feeling about that thought of fear that entered your mind. You're going to say, uh-oh, I'm scared. I'm scared. And then that thought is going to produce something else. It's going to produce what you then do with that thought of being scared. You're going to then go hide under the bed because you're scared. But don't hide under the bed. Everybody knows that's where they go first. All right. Hide somewhere else. And don't hide in the closet either. All right? <laughs> hide somewhere else. All right? Jeez. So, so it produces the behavior. And that's when you're going to go do whatever that thought has put in your head and that feeling and the behavior. It all is combined. And then you're going to live in a state of fear and it will eventually control you and steal your life. That's what happens to these thoughts. And then those thoughts just don't become thoughts anymore. They become strongholds. Now, I'm not going to talk about strongholds today. i got to leave something for Pastor Nicole next week <laughs> if Pastor doesn't come around. But it will eventually lead to strongholds, which is just another whole problem in itself. And, you know, the deal with this, a stronghold is only... I'll say it this way. A stronghold is only, is only a lie that you believe. Yeah, it's, it's just a, a lie, but you believe it. You believe it long enough because you ain't dealt with the thought that first came in that then gave you that feeling, and then you started going to that behavior. You didn't deal with it, so therefore it just kept growing, like I said, and growing and growing and growing, and then becomes a stronghold in your life that you can't get rid of. Not knowing that it's simply a lie. But it feels so real. It looks so real. But it's not. I had a dream about this certain person years ago. And the Lord even allowed me to see the end of this person's life if he didn't deal with fear. It was about fear. So I went to this person and I sat him down and I said, listen, this is what God showed me. He showed me that if you don't get control of this, it's going to take your life. And I was so sincere with him. And he said, okay, it's been 15, 16 years now. And you know, that person has not done anything. Maybe, he, maybe he's tried, maybe he hasn't tried, I don't know. But that has become so strong that it has bound him up and I am seeing everything that my dream showed me with that person. Because he's not dealt with it like he's supposed to. And that was a warning. God gives us dreams for, as warnings, trying to help us. But that fear has turned into a debilitating stronghold that has dominated and enslaved his life. And ultimately, we can't do anything about it. He or she has got to do something about it. And sometimes we take medication, and that's fine. I am all for medication. If that will help you uh, fight the fight of faith, uh, if it will help you, you know, be able to be a, a citizen that can, can do something and move around and, and whatever, and then give you some, some peace of mind that you can take Scripture and then start, you know, using Scripture against Whatever is trying to, you know, come against you and give you that stronghold, I'm all for that. But when you do nothing 
it becomes even stronger. Even stronger. I remember me and Ed Ingram, we've been to people's houses. You know, and man, we, I mean, buddy, I saw Ed come off his chair once. Come out in Jesus' name. I was like, whoo, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out, Brother Ed. It's not, whoo, I'm out. Man, he scared me. I was like, wow, that's what I'm talking about. I'd never seen Ed like that before. Man, he just got so angry at the devil. Man, he just stood, bam, he just said, come out, you foul devil. I was like, whoo, that's my, that's Ed Ingram. Wow, that's good. Now I know why Regina married him. Man, that was awesome. It's awesome. You just get fed up with the devil, you know? But ultimately, that person has to continue the fight and do something or it will not leave and it will not go away, all right? A stronghold is simply a lie that you believe. Now, Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And now that word there means mind and will. Mind and will. You protect your mind by watching the things that you do. You observe and give attention to what you allow to be planted in here. Then it goes in here. So since we're on fear also, if you have a spirit of fear or you're dealing with fear or thoughts of fear come to your mind, the last thing you should be doing is watching a horror movie or a scary movie. I mean, that's just ludicrous. That's, that's insane. That's like overcoming, uh, overcoming alcoholism and, and getting a job at Jay's Bar and Grill. Okay, great. That's a great thought, bro. Who gave you that thought? You know, I mean, that's just ridiculous. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. You have to watch what goes in and comes out. Uh, if, if that control tower isn't watching what they're doing, there's going to be collisions and death. And we have to do the same thing with this right here. Amen? All right. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Fear and anxiety. That's a bad thing. And remember what the devil did to Eve. He just said, did God really say? Did God really say? That's all it took. That's all it took. Now, she could have done what she needed to do to get rid of that thought, but she didn't. She didn't. She could have went to her husband. Yo, Adam, this is what the devil told me. Can you believe this? And Adam could have said, you know what? God, that's not God. That's not God. He didn't say that. Here's what God told us to do. Here's what he told us not to do. We're not supposed to go over there. We're not supposed to, I mean, we can look at it, I guess, but I don't know why you'd want to look at it. That just maybe helps with the thought. No, we're not going to even go near there. But it didn't happen. We don't even know what happened. All we know is, is God blamed Adam for that, not Eve. He blamed Adam, so he must have not done his job as a husband. Whoops. Just shrug your wife, shrug your Shrug your husband's wise. See? Yeah. Let's see it. Yeah, hit Jim. Just, yeah. All right. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. I think sometimes we are good at controlling our food intake. We might be good at controlling our kit. Never mind. No. Uh, wrong statement. Okay. Okay, not our kid. Maybe sometimes we're good at controlling our kids. Um, we might be good at controlling our finances. Uh, and I know some of us are really good at controlling our thermostats in our houses. 
you know. But I think a lot of times we don't control the thoughts that come in our minds. We just, we just, I don't know if we're just not thinking right or we're just say la, 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 uh, the busyness of life, our schedules, you know, everything our kids are going through. Here we go, back to school. Man, life is busy. Oh, I can't, I can't even think straight. This is happening, that's happening, that's happening. And somehow seeds can just come in, dart in. We don't even see them, we don't even know them. And next thing you know, there's a thought that's planted. And we didn't even know how it got there. Because we're not observing. We're not guarding our heart. We're not guarding our mind. We're not watching what comes in and what goes out. I already said in our house, there is no horror movies going in our house. It, it doesn't happen. Ain't not going to happen, no matter what. That's a spiritual thing. You know, it, it might be a little different with a scary movie or something that's just, you know, whatever. But horror movies, absolutely not. No way. I don't want that thought coming in my head and taking root anywhere. Anywhere. I'm guarding my heart because everything flows out of it. Everything flows out of that mind. Every thought comes out of that mind. Are you getting, are you with me today? All right. We never give a thought to controlling our thoughts. And 1 Peter 5.8, it says, be alert and a sober mind. Be alert and of a sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Looking for someone to devour. He is simply watching your every single move. Because he doesn't know your thoughts. The devil has no clue what you're thinking. But he puts a thought there to find out, hmm, is he going to react to that thought? Is she going to do something that is going to let me go to the next level and make the next move? So my only question to you all this morning is this, and I want you to think about this, and that is, what are you going to do in the moment when a thought comes into your mind? Let's say it's a bad thought. I don't care what kind of thought it is. Maybe it's a thought about yourself. Maybe it's a thought about someone else. Maybe it's a thought about a situation. What are you going to do when a thought in the moment, in that moment, a thought comes into your mind. Now it's my turn to take notes from you. Dave Worwell. When a bad thought comes into your mind, what would you do in that moment that it comes? Build a wall. I like it. Let's see here. Ah, Bud Lively. In the moment when a bad thought enters your mind, what in that moment are you going to do? Rebuke it. Rebuke it. Pull it down. Rebuke it. Pull it down. Okay. Everybody thinks that the only time people get hit with anything is in the front row. That's why they don't sit there. I've been a kid's pastor for way too long. Wait, ah, Mike, Michael, in the moment when a bad thought enters your mind, what are you going to do about it? Pray. Pray. Good answer, good answer. Is it up there? Pray. <laughs> D 
ding, yes, 200 points. All right, let me go to a female. Here, here. Okay, Tom's amazing wife. In the moment, when a bad thought comes into your mind, what are you going to do about it that moment? Cast it down. Almost like Bud Lively, pull it down. Cast it down. Take authority over it. And think God's thoughts. Speak God's word. What did you say, Kay? Take every thought captive. To the obedience of Christ. I wish I knew shorthand. 2 Corinthians 10, 5, 4. Yes, I got you on that. Okay, it's enough. I'm preaching, not you. I know the scripture. All right. Oh, what are you going to do, John, when a thought comes into your mind that's wrong? Call on the name of Jesus. If you can't do anything else, call on the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay. All right. Name of Jesus. Miss Nicole, this is what you're preaching on next week. No, I'm just joking. Brother Rick Burks, our Dayton campus. I know you got to say something, brother, from another mother. Oh, he even wrote it down. What? He's going to, when a bad thought comes into his mind, that moment, he is going to submit himself, therefore, to God. He's going to resist that thought, the devil, and then he will flee from his mind. James 4, 7. Amen. Yes. Awesome. That's some good stuff, guys. Pastor Dosek has done a great job over the last 40 years. Yes, he has. Good. Now, I'm going to give you one that you didn't even think about. <laughs> like, what? I thought of all of them. <laughs> you did? Well, I had more time to think than you did about this. What a bad thought in the moment comes to you that could be about yourself, about a situation, about someone else. Don't resist the thought per se. Okay? I'm going somewhere with this. Okay? Number one, if it's a bad thought, a negative thought, a lustful thought, a mean-spirited thought, is it your thought? Why isn't it your thought? Because you don't think like that, why else? Because what? Uh, because you belong to Christ. Right, so you have the mind of Christ. You're a new creation. Old things are passed away. I don't think like that no more, right? So if a bad thought comes into your mind, it's not your thought. I don't care where it comes from. So realistically, me, I wouldn't resist the thought because, again, if it's bad, it's not your thought. And you know what? I did hear a preacher say this. If a bad thought comes into your mind, repent right away. I said, hold up, dude. I, I just said that to myself. It was on. It's not my thought. Why am I repenting for something that's not mine? I'm not repenting for that thought, bro. You messed up. Now, if I act on that thought, bam, now I better repent. You know, and everybody loves to use the only one that everybody knows. 
you know, just to look at a woman and say, man, you know what, she's a nice looking woman. That's not a bad thought. But then to lust after her, to want her, to wish maybe that she replaced your wife, well, that's called sin. And the Bible says, now you've done wrong. Now you've sinned. Now you better repent and get rid of that thought right away. Amen? So, resisting the thought, eh, it's okay. You can do that, but here's what I say. Replace the thought. Replace it. You can resist it, but sometimes that isn't good enough. You need to replace it. We have a new standard black poodle. Some of you know that. Some of you volunteers know that. But because Ebony, our, our other poodle, she had a second stroke and we had to put her down. Yeah, I know. It's so sad. So we got a new poodle. Her name is Midnight. She's, again, standard black poodle. We nicknamed her Nightmare right now. <laughs> oh, Jesus, help me. And uh, so... She's a different kind of poodle, so different than Ebony, because she is like a panther, like a cat. I don't get it. She sees a toy, and she focuses on that toy. And I mean, she's, she's focused on it. She's thinking about it. She goes back up on her hind legs, and then goes forward and goes, bam, and pounces like a cat. And then just, just grabs it. I'm like, what was that? That, are you a dog or are you a cat? And, that's, and then you, you, when you throw a toy out in the yard, she runs and she hops like a kangaroo twice and pounces on it. Just the weirdest thing ever. I just don't understand. It's really funny. It's cute, actually. It's really cute. So at times, when she's focused, when she has the thought that I am going after that right there, roll it out there, she'll look at me and she'll look at that thing. And now I can see her. She's getting ready to go back on her back legs. And as she goes up forward to jump, I throw something else over here. And she goes, boom, whoo. I've replaced her thought with something else. She's no longer focused on that little bunny rabbit any longer. She's focused on whatever I threw over here. And then she'll go after that instead. So replace the bad thought with a good thought. Replace it. Replace it. Um, and here's the thing. If you say, well, it, it, it's going to be easy to replace it. I, I've done it before. Um, I, I can do that. Well, you know what? I got another illustration for you. And that's right here. I want you to focus on this amazing orange cup. Focus on it. Where's my camera? I hope it's bright color. Focus on this amazing orange cup. Oh my gosh, it looks like orange juice. It looks like a big thing of orange and you want to peel it and just eat it. Orange, this orange cup. Everybody say orange cup. Orange cup. This orange cup is amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Now, stop thinking about the amazing orange cup. I'm reading some of your thoughts. They're still orange. Well, I thought you could just, you know, I thought you could just, you know, not think about it anymore. Uh, resist it. Uh, what's going on? Why can't you get the orange cup out of your mind? 
Oh, is it because it's still in front of me? Okay, stop thinking about the orange cup. The orange cup. Stop thinking about the orange cup. You know what? You're still thinking about it. I can see and read your mind. But now, start thinking about the green cup. The green cup. Man, that's as green as grass. Oh, and we got to cut it today, kids, if my kids are listening. Oh, yes, the green cup. Wow, it's just beautiful. And all this wonderful green is going to go away in about two months. But the green, oh, the green, focus on the green. The green, yes, the green. Where did the orange thought go? It's gone. Because I've replaced it. It was there, but now it's not. I replaced it. And that's what we have to do when the devil comes at us with a bad thought, a wrong thought. We replace it with a good thought. And then that thought will go away. You understand? Are you getting me? Are you feeling me today? I know it's simple, but it works. It absolutely works. Okay. How many of you, when you start looking for a certain type of car, all of a sudden you see that car everywhere you go? Everywhere. You, oh, they, oh, they, you know, listen, the car was always there. You just weren't focused on it. It didn't just suddenly appear. Wow. <laughs> they just released 100 of these cars. No, it was always there. We just weren't focused on that type of car. And I think the same goes when, when we talk about food and the, concept, and the concept of eating. You know, when I have a big plate of something in front of me and, and I'm full and I push the plate back, but yet we're still in conversation for maybe another 10, 15, 20 minutes, you know, I'm still dipping, you know. I'm not hungry anymore, but I'm still dipping. I'm still grabbing something else off that corner or whatever. It's still in front of me. I'm still thinking about it. But when... It goes away. Yo, waiter, take this thing away from me. And when you take it away, temptation leaves. It's gone. You're no longer thinking about it any longer. Replace the thought. Say, replace the thought. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm hoping you're seeing that in your mind as well. Exchange the thought with another thought. That is what we can do. So that's number one, along with all the wonderful ideas that you have given me here. Number two, in the moment when a bad thought comes, you should question the thought by asking another question. Come on up here, Mr. Hewitt. All right? When in the moment when a bad thought comes, you can question the thought by asking yourself another question. Let's say that this balloon is your mind. Okay, some of yours are empty. <laughs> All right, let's fill up their mind, David. Yeah, All right? You got enough in there, buddy? We're going to try. try. All right, he's going to try to fill his mind up. But the problem with what he's filling up are nothing but the devil's thoughts. What the devil thinks about you. Every time you look in the mirror, he says something bad about you. These this is your mind. And I know a lot of you feel like that your mind is like this. It's ready to explode. I don't know, in all seriousness, I don't know how I'm going to make it another day, how I'm going to get out of bed, what I'm going to do, because the horrendous thoughts that are in my mind 
are just, they're overwhelming and I want to explode. I can't even brush my teeth. I don't know what I'm going to do. And that's a real thing. And some of you might be in that spot right now with everything that's going on. You are just ready to explode because of all the negativity that's happening in your mind. But remember what I said. When a bad thought comes, and let's just use the most simplest one of all. God doesn't love you. It's a good one. God doesn't love you. That thought is the last thought, and you're ready to explode. Take that thought and ask it another question. Ask it another question. And this is what I would do, and these are some of the things that I wrote down. God doesn't love me because of all that you have done. Instead of taking that in and pondering on it, yes, number one, replace it. Yes, cast it down. Yes, do all these other things. But ask it another question. Ask the thought another question. One of the questions I would ask it is, does it line up with God's word? Does that thought that just came in, is that really God saying that he doesn't love me? Does it line up with God's word? No, because he said that he sent his son to die for my sins. He loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us. That's the truth. So I'm not going to believe that lie. So then just what happens? Uh Uh-oh, oh, I see some air is left. Oh, there might be a little bit of space in there. In your mind, okay? You can ask it another question. Is the thought something that God would say? Would God say, I don't love you because of who you are, because of the color of your skin, because of the side of the tracks you came on, because of what you did yesterday, you foul person, you? No. When we repent and ask him to forgive us, he forgets about everything we've done. And it says he loves us unconditionally. So when you replace that question and ask it another question, you get the answer. That's not God's thought and something happens. Hmm. Yes. (laughs) I love it. Another question. Will the thought get me where I want to go? Okay, well, if God doesn't love me, because of who I am and what I've done, I'm going to go nowhere. Why am I even here? So it can't be God's thought. Oh, that's not your thought, God. That's the devil. Get thee behind me, Satan. I rebuke that thought in Jesus' name, and something happens. Could I share these thoughts? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can share these thoughts. We are here to help each other, right? Iron sharpens iron. You know, I called Pastor Rick last night. I had a question. He helped me with the answer. You know, Pastor Rick, listen, I just had this thought that came in my mind that God doesn't love me. Could that really, could he really go back on his word? And he's going to say, absolutely not. No, God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, Randy. There's no way. Let me pray for you right now. And let's cast that thought out. And then something happens. Will these thoughts help me or hurt me? That thought's going to hurt you. Will they build me up or tear me down? It's going to tear us down. 
So therefore, it's not God's thought. And when you get that revelation, something happens. And then here's the other thing. Is there evidence to support the thought? Hmm. God, you don't love me because I was an alcoholic. You didn't love me because I cheated on my wife. You don't love me because, just because. Hmm. Well, the Bible says that's not true. The Bible says this. God's word says this. So there's no evidence to support that. Even with the accuser of the brethren. And guys, he will accuse without evidence. He doesn't care. He's a liar and the father of lies. There's no truth in him. So devil, get thee behind me. And something happens. Look at that. Look at that. Isn't that awesome? Come on. Somebody give Jesus a hand. Thank you, Brother Dave. Yes. Do I feel guilty with those kind of thoughts? Well, if you do, then it ain't God. It's not God. That's another way to combat the thoughts in your head that are driving you crazy that aren't true. Another interesting, amazing way to do it. All right, hallelujah. If you give in to the negative thoughts about yourself or others and you don't come against them, they will soon become a part of your belief system. And that won't be good for you. You will really, you will really believe you're never going to get that job. You'll really believe that God doesn't love you. You'll really believe that God's never going to bring that wife or husband to you. That, that God's never going to bring you the friend that you need to help you through life. You'll really start to believe those things. And uh, I have the story here. There's a story about a man who did just what we're talking about. I never heard of him until I looked him up. His name is James Gills. Anybody heard the name James Gills in here? Wow. Okay. He's a born-again Christian, and he's an ophthalmologist. Um, and years ago, he fixed Billy Graham's eyes um, when, with his cataracts that he had. But he's the owner of Iron Man. And he has won six double Iron Man triathlons. Six. So all you runners and bicyclists and swimmers in here, you'll know what I'm talking about. He's won six double <laughs> Iron Man triathlons. Now, if, I, if I'm correct, that's fine. If I'm not correct, there's a swimmer over here that's going to kill me, okay? But uh, that's 4.8 miles of swimming, I think. Am I right? Something like that? Something like that? All right. It's 224 miles of bike riding. That's 52 miles of running. And he's won six of those things. That's crazy. So he went ahead and bought the Iron Man franchise as well. I'd let him have it too. <laughs> Come on. He used to run 12 miles to work every day to clear his mind for the day. So you know what? If you've got some stress in your life and your job's stressful, eh, run to work. You know what? It's going to clear your mind. It clears his mind. He's 88 years old today, so who knows what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing. But he's built 2,700 churches in other countries. He's authored 27 books and printed 40,000 books a month and sends them to prisons around the world. Unbelievable, this guy. Just fantastic. He was asked one day how he deals with the mental battles that he must have in his mind, and his answer 
was just as simple as the answers and that we give you today. He said, I learned to talk to myself rather than listen to myself. I shouted when I heard that. Ask that yourself a question with another question. Talk to yourself. Talk to your human body. Tell it what to do. Don't let it control you. Amen? That was such a great statement. Such a great statement. So question every thought that comes into your mind. I'm going to have to hurry. I'm going to do one last point. The last point, the third point would be Talk to yourself out loud by using God's word against your negative thoughts that are talking to you all the time anyway. Your negative thoughts are talking to you all the time, telling you what you aren't, what you can't do, who you're not going to be. So talk out loud by using God's word to yourself. And John 8, 31 and 32 says, to the Jews... Who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. How many of you are a disciple in here today? Do you hold to his teachings? All right, some of you aren't. I don't see your hand. And then you will know the truth, and the truth will set your mind free. If you're a disciple, you know the truth. And when you speak that truth over your mind, it will set you free. Everything Jesus taught was truth, and that truth will set you free. No question about it. God's word is truth. For every lie the devil tells you in your mind, there is a truth that will contradict that lie. It's in there. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and active. It's zoe. It's life. It's alive. When you read it, when you use it on your behalf, it will help you. If you are the Son of God, remember this too, in Matthew 4, 3 and 4, Jesus was tempted. He was tempted three times. All right? But let me go back to Hebrews 4, 12. Let me finish that though. For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, the joints and marrow. I sent that to Pastor yesterday morning when I read that. Pastor, that word is affecting your marrow. It's affecting your joints. It's bringing healing to your body, healing to your blood cells. In Jesus' name, I sent that to him. That's helping one another. When I see something, I bring it up and I help him with that. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So when we remember Jesus was tempted in Matthew, the fourth chapter, he was tempted three different times by Satan. In Matthew 4, 3 and 4, it says, The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written. So he spoke back. He didn't just ponder the thought. He spoke back using God's word, which was sharper and is sharper than any two-edged sword. Man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes out from the mouth of God. The devil came to Jesus and appealed to his flesh. He appeals to our flesh all the time. No different. At his weakest time, when the Bible said he was hungry. I don't know if you've ever fasted 40 days or not. I have not. Mine's three. And and at the end of that third night, Nicole and I were making a turkey dinner. 
and we ate it at midnight. We were so hungry. Yeah, it was what? We, oh, we did five days. Oh, I thought I only did three. I did five days. I did five days. Woo! And we were so hungry, we cooked an entire turkey dinner that night, and we ate it when we were done. I can't imagine fasting for 40 days. And the Bible said he was hungry. And so the devil appealed to his flesh and said, you see these stones? Turn them into bread. Right now, I dare you. Turn them into Texas Roadhouse Rolls now. Come on, Jesus. You know those Fazoli's breadsticks. They're looking good right now. Do it. But Jesus didn't do it no matter how hungry he was. He what? He deflected and spoke the word to him. And then the devil left him alone. Went to the next one here, Matthew 4, 5, and 7. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. And they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written. So see, the devil knows scripture. The devil goes to church. He knows. He's been around a lot longer than you and I have. It is also written, Satan. It is also written, Satan. So if he comes at you with Scripture, just bring Scripture right back to him. It is also written, Satan. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. So Satan came to him this time with an emo on an emotional level. Well, pff, if God really loves you, he'll protect you. And he does the same to us. And then Matthew 4, 8, and 10, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give to you, he said, if you will just bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him finally, away with me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended to him. And that's the only statement I didn't like because usually when I throw a thought off, it, it feels like angels don't come and attend to me. Anybody else have that feeling? I'm going to start quoting everything. You know, Jesus, you know, listen, we're brothers, all right? I mean, we, we, we like this, you know, we're joint heirs. Angels, I'm ready. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So he tempted him there with power and control, and he does the same with you and I. We believe the devil physically came and tempted Jesus just like he did Eve as the serpent. But Jesus still had to think about every temptation the devil brought to him. I can't imagine how amazing those temptations were. How many of us would have fallen at the bread? <laughs> Hebrews 4.15, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way. Just as we are, yet he did not sin. So listen, being tempted is not a sin. I think some of you got free right there. Being tempted is not a sin. Why am I... Why are these thoughts coming to me? What have I done? Who am I? How bad can I be? Nah, not at all. Not at all. God is no respecter of persons and neither is the devil. A thought 
having a thought is not a sin. If that was so, Jesus wouldn't have said that he'd never sinned, right? Absolutely. So being tempted is not a sin. Is there something wrong with me? No. Jesus was tempted in every way, and there was nothing wrong with him. Just writing these thoughts down. There were times, as we just read, where Satan came to Jesus physically, and there were times when he came to his thoughts. But either way, he defeated Satan the same way, through the powerful word of God, which is more powerful than any two-edged sword. And if Jesus handled Satan that way, then that's the way you and I have to handle him when he comes to our minds. No other way. That's it. No singing him out. You know, it ain't going to work. I'm not thinking about that. I'm not thinking about that. I'm not thinking about it. You're thinking about it. It doesn't work. Tried it with the orange. I'm not thinking about the green. I'm not thinking about the green. You're thinking about the green. You're not going to do that. You got to use the word. Amen? So I close with this. When the thoughts come in and we must respond with God's word, we must resist with the help of the Holy Spirit. He's in you. He's here. All right? He helps us every single day. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. That's 1 John 4, 4. That's the Holy Spirit. He's in us. He's here to help us in every area. We will never be able to outthink the devil. He's been around here a lot longer than you and I. But our confession will cause him to leave just as he left Jesus. Amen? I have so many more notes, and I really would love to, to go with them. But again, in the moment when a thought comes to you, don't resist the thought, replace it. Question the thought by asking yourself another question. And talk to yourself out loud by using God's word against your negative thoughts. Amen? Everybody stand up this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, give Jesus a hand. That's it. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for your word this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, it's truth. It is truth. Hallelujah. 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 And as I close today, if you have negative thoughts that are just outrageous and you feel like that balloon all pumped up and you don't know what to do, I think we've given you some giving you some ideas here, but we're going to pray for you right now. So if you have negative thoughts that are coming in, I believe that you receive revelation today from his word. The Holy Spirit talked to you. But I want you to lay your hands on your mind, on your head, on your brain right now, and we're going to pray. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Is, is, is Adam here today? Adam? Adam? Hallelujah. I just had a thought. That's the calling. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you right now. And God, we take authority over these thoughts that are intruding in our minds in the name of Jesus. The name above every thought. The name above every accusation. We curse those thoughts and we tell the devil to leave our minds right now in Jesus' name. Go. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father, right now that their minds are free. Just as he left Jesus, he has left us this instant. I thank you that our minds are free right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
I thank you, Father, that our minds are deflating right now and peace is coming into our hearts and our minds, God. Oh, I thank you for it right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for enveloping all of our minds, all of our bodies right now in Jesus' name. And they are free, free from these thoughts, these negative thoughts, these discouraging thoughts. They're gone in Jesus' name. They have no power from this point on in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. They're powerless, empty, smokescreen thoughts that are gone in Jesus' name. And God, I thank you that just as the devil came back, he will try to come back. But God, these negative thoughts from this point on, they will have no power. They will be a deflated thought. And God, we have the arsenal with us to come against those thoughts. And God, I thank you that we are set free and will be free from this point on and we know how to deal with that thought when it comes again. God, I thank you for it. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And God, I thank you for this congregation right now. I thank you that if anyone is here today that does not know you, that God, that you would convict their hearts. You've already been convicting their hearts if that's so. Hallelujah. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus and you want him as your personal savior, just say yes. Just say yes. If you're here, just say yes. If you don't want him, just say no. No, don't do that. Hallelujah. He loves you. He cares for you. You can trust him. We trust you, Jesus. We thank you for convicting our hearts today. We thank you that we have the mind of Christ and peace is now enveloping our minds as we trust in you and we use the sword of the Spirit, hallelujah, against those thoughts. Bless our people today. Bless Pastor today, Pastor Phyllis today. I thank you, Lord God, that his thoughts are above. I thank you that his thoughts are on you. I thank you that he uses the the word, the sword of the spirit, the Bible against negative thoughts that are trying to attack him as well. Oh, I thank you that he's healed, set free, and delivered. I thank you for the faith of this congregation rising up, God, to a new level. Father, for the healing for him and then for the healing of ourselves and our minds today. Thank you we are free. Thank you for blessing our homes, blessing our workplaces, blessing our kids as they go back to school. Lord God, I thank you they're with them. Hallelujah, they have an arsenal as well. The blood has covered them. God, I thank you for protecting them and protecting their minds from wicked teachers and wicked statements and bad thoughts and wrong thoughts and worldly thoughts. Hallelujah, I thank you for building that wall. Hallelujah, for our kids' lives and our kids' minds. In Jesus' name, God, I thank you that they will come to us with questions. God, we will be able to help them and lead them down that right path. God, I thank you for blessings, blessings, blessings to overtake us this week. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen and amen. We love you. We love you. We'll see you Wednesday night. God bless.